Hey, what is up guys? Welcome to McKinsey Sims Experience, where we talk about hunting all around the world. We hear from the greatest hunters, known and unknown. We tell stories, talk tactics and tips, and have laughs. We dive into stories of business owners in the outdoor industry, the construction industry, the lifestyle industry, and more to give you guys information to help you grow your brands and businesses while learning from our successes and failures. I hope you enjoy these episodes and this podcast brings you value. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the McKinsey Sims Experience. Today, we are driving down to the Western Hunting Conservation Expo to go set up the Rhinoland Safaris booth. I got Michael here. I'm not going to butcher his last name because I'm probably going to say it wrong. Michael Katza? You got it. That's what Okay. That's, that's what I've always called you. I've known you for, I don't know, Many years now. 14, 13, 14 yeah. 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. yeah, so 15 years. So I got Michael here. He is a owner and operator of Rhinoland Safaris, and uh, I'm going to let him take the mic here and kind of just give a brief background on Rhinoland, when it started, what they offer, kind of where they're located, and stuff like that. So, Michael, when did, because uh, your grandpa started working at Rhinoland, he started managing it back when? No, he started Rhinoland. So he started Rhinoland. My started Rhinoland in 1968. Okay. Um, he was one of the first guys in Africa, South Africa to do the hunting because way back then there was no hunting in South Africa, it was only Mozambique, um, Botswana, and Namibia. We're out. Mozambique and Botswana were two biggest hunting destinations. Now you're looking back many years ago, where a normal safari would have been 30 days, 40 days, not the seven day, 10 day anymore. But yeah, grandfather started it in 68. Uh, we bought a piece of land, got into business with a guy, partnership with a guy from Europe that they started the hunting outfit. And yeah, we've been doing it ever since that to go not long after the grandfather did. Then hopefully me and Marcel will be taking over real soon, permanently. Uh, Dad will retire. So hopefully we can make everything work and continue the legend. Um, so Randall has been around for decades um, and it's gone through generations now. How, uh, so has, has it always been at the same property? Rhineland has been, it, it started off real small. It started off, I think, the, the first initial land bought was about a five to six thousand acres. Okay. And then currently now we're about at 30,000 30, acres. Okay. Having four of the big five. One of the first company, well, land owners that had black rhino, private, privately owned black rhino, elephants, rhino, you know, white rhino, buffaloes. We introduced buffaloes into the northern part. Of, we're close to the Lepalali area. Um, but yeah, then not many years after that, they expanded a little bit. We went to the to Hoodsprite. It's more a tourist town now, but it's by way back then it was real good areas for sport rahina, buffalo, the darker, darker main giraffe and those bases. We expanded a little bit, but roughly that is it. We've got Runland main base at, just outside of Lepolale, and then we've got the secondary base in Hoodsprite. And that's uh, called Buffalo Land? That's called Buffalo Land, yeah. Okay. It's close. It's, border, it's bordering on the greater Kruger, um, the Bavati, Anthony Bush. So it's a beautiful piece of land, a lot of game coming through. Yeah, it's an awesome place. Been to both. Um, so when it comes to Rhino Land, what do you guys offer as like, um, you know, because I know you guys can go anywhere across, you know, Southern Africa and whatnot. But what's home base offer for people? Home base offers something that not a lot nowadays, something that not a lot of outfits do. We, we offer the same place hunting. And a lot of the guys that have been to Africa, South Africa know what I'm talking about. The concession hunters should get up in the morning two hours earlier 
drive an hour to a destination, go hunt there for the day, have a lunchbox, camp out somewhere in the bush that uh, have a lunch there, and then got to drive back tonight at what time? At 6, 7 o'clock, another hour. We, we're exclusive for that. We do, you can get up, you start hunting as soon as you leave the gate. Uh, but the 30,000 30, acres, we have more than enough animals to, to accommodate everyone through the year. So yeah, that's the, the major thing is it's people nowadays don't like doing that anymore. They want a big area with all the animals and they stay there. They don't want to travel two, three hours here as another hour there. Yeah, that, like you said, that is a, a big thing is going and hunting different farms, different ranches, you know, throughout, depending on the species that you're after. Yeah. A lot of the guys you have to travel to do that with, um, and you guys try to keep most of it right there, yeah. right at home base, if not right across the road or whatever type yeah, of deal, so within 10, 15 minutes of leaving the lodge. To keep it, close. It, it makes it easier, makes it easier for us, easier for the clients that like it more. We do travel, we do travel sometimes if we have the, an interesting thing. An interesting animal that we don't have or the neighbors don't have I'll pull up the guys I'll say, listen this is this this is the game plan we'll be driving for these two days we'll go there hunt the animals come back yeah okay and then so like someone's gonna book a safari with you guys um like a first time person and they're looking for you know like the, the more common species you can accommodate that pretty easy at yeah. home base right you got the pretty you got impala you got pretty much everything just so usually I'd say the the number one animal now that the, the common hunter, the first time hunter wants, is going to be your number one animals, is going to be your impala. That's always a good nerve breaker. Usually that's one of the first animals you shoot when you get to South Africa. Um, it's good getting the nerves out, getting the shakes out. And then, of course, you have your roller beast, your zebra. Everybody loves the zebra. It's just a beautiful rug. And then, of course, I'd say the, the number one sort after trophy will be your grey ghost. Um, for the first time guys out there, that's your kudu. It's probably one of the most magnificent animals that we have to offer with just everything about it. It's just it's the perfect, it's the perfect animal. I think that is that is by far the most sort of sought after trophy besides big game hunting for the first time guys coming over to Africa. Um, when it comes to the kudu, like on average how how many kudu do you guys hunt a year? Um, is it kind of every safari someone's looking for one? I'd say on an average we do about between 20 and 25 kudu in a year. Okay. But ranging anything from, we, we won't shoot anything below 50. 50 is our cutoff point, so we'll shoot above 50. Um, yeah, so I'd say the average kudu we shoot is about a 50, 52 inch. Okay. That's a, the average kudu we're shooting. We shot a few on home base, we shot a few 58s, 59s, okay. 57s this year. So we've got some good genetics, and then with COVID, everything that happened, we had just that gap year that the animals had, the resting, that was a good year for genetics to come in. Yeah, it helped the, helped yeah. the age class and a bunch of yeah. stuff come in. Just give an extra year on some of the animals. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, if so, if someone's wanting to plan that first part, you kind of, kind of creamed over what everyone should do, how would they... What's it like when someone shows up to South Africa? They leave the states, they land in Johannesburg. What's it? What's the steps of? So you'll, if you book a, if you book a hunt with us on the show, you'll you'll get to meet me and Marcel. That will most probably be there on your hunt. Um, we'll, we're permanently there, so you'll see us. So you'll book with the show or book via email or contact me on the phone or whatever. However you book it. So as soon as you get out of the airport in South Africa, before you even leave the gates of the airport. You'll meet me or Marcel, we'll pick you up. If you have guns, we'll go to customs, get the guns. If not, we have guns to rent. Head down back to the farm, it's about a three and a half hour drive. 
Um, they get there. Most of the flights land between four and six in the evening. They will get there between, I might say, on the latest 10, 10, 30, 11. We'll have something to eat, have something to drink, show you the rooms. Uh, we've got the hostess that runs everything in camp, make sure everything's running smooth. We'll get you in the rooms next morning. We'll let you guys sleep in a little bit just to get that first little bit of a rest. Um, then we start hunting. We go to the shooting range and get the gun sighted in. That's where the hunting starts. If we have bows, we shoot the bows, we head to the blinds. That's where we go. What is, uh, what is so when you're talking about sighting the guns, what's the typical shooting distance at home base for so you guys? You'll be looking anything between 50 and 200 yards. That's going to be sometime if you go to the, we've got some open spots. If you're going to push a shot a little bit, it's going to be around 20 to 30 yards. But we'll do that on something big. Um, but mostly you'll shoot between 100 and 150. Okay. What caliber? So let's kind of talk a little bit about caliber. What's the, if someone was coming and was doing like a kudu and Paula, wildebeest, like kind of the typical species, what's a good caliber you suggest someone so, to bring? That's a good question. And it, it, you can answer it in a lot of ways. Yeah, my 100%. Answer, yeah, my answer is always bring the gun that you are the most comfortable with. I know everybody has a 223 or 243, but that is just a little bit too small for those big animals. So if you are comfortable with a little bit higher caliber gun, bring it, whatever it might be. If it's a 308, a 300, a 270, that will kill most of the stuff we have. And if anybody tell you something different, the 308 or a 270 has more than enough power to shoot anything they have. That's not a dangerous game. Even Elon, we have a lot of discussion with guys. Saying that no, 270 is too little to shoot in Eland, it is not. I've shot a lot of Eland with 270, it's a trusted caliber. So, my, why, my suggestion would be bring the gun that you are the most comfortable with. Don't listen to anybody else, bring your gun. Yeah, shot placement is key on that Shot stuff, placement on, on everything. You can have the smallest caliber, if you shoot it right on the shoulder where you're supposed to, a third from the bottom down, you are good to go. Like all of our animals, we, we shoot, we shoulder punch. Yeah, well, explain that because. In Africa, the vitals are actually always there. placed a little yeah. farther forward anyway. So shooting through the shoulder is your heart-lung shot type yeah, scenario, not behind the shoulder. It's not like our the animal anatomy is it's completely different. Like you just said all the lungs, all the vitals move to the front and it's behind the shoulders. But our shoulder, the, the shoulder bones on the side, it's not like in the U.S. They don't go straight up and then cover that whole area. Ours go to the shoulder. And then they go straight to the front of the chest and they go back. So they make a little like triangle there. But on top of that triangle, there's like, it's called the shoulder plate, but it's like a half an inch, quarter of an inch thick. That's easy to break and you can shoot through it with anything. So if you hit anything in that bottom third area, you're good to go. You're going to get top heart, lungs. You pull it a little bit, you're still going to get lungs. Yeah. So most of the guys, it's instinct. Yeah. That's why I said the impalas are nice because they're a little bit smaller. So you can start with them get the nerves out it's instinct to go behind the shoulder yep if you shoot them behind the shoulder get in for a fun day yeah so yeah especially if you go very far behind the shoulder it's yeah. a long day um and explain that to people it's because you know you guys have um dogs and such that when an animal yeah. is wounded you'll use the blood dogs and track them that way which is a part of the african experience you know don't be wounding things on purpose but a part of the african experience is getting to use the dogs and yeah. being around the dogs but um i'd say Africa has the most, the best and most advanced trackers that you've ever seen in your life. Nothing. Oh, nothing comes close. Nothing comes close to it. I mean, we we're fortunate enough to see them in action every day and see how good their eyesight is. How just how they understand the bush. It's incredible. 
It's something that you can't explain to someone. You gotta come and see it. But like again, you said, you don't want to wound something. But when you do, you got the best of the best on it. As soon as we if we see something is wounded, we don't find it within the first few on the field. I'll put the, have the tracker down. I'll put the dogs down, and we try our best as far as we can. Two or three days spend time on it and try to get an animal. You came far to hunt it, and we'll do our most best to get them down. Yeah, and especially with the trackers, like if you're doing like even if not a wounded animal, like let's say you're tracking a buffalo or an eland yeah. or something, that's probably one of the coolest things ever is to yeah. see them go to work because yeah. those guys could track something on this asphalt highway that we're driving on and be able to track it down. Like, because yeah. it's amazing. Those guys can see their eyesight is so trained um, to see that stuff that it's incredible, which is super neat and part of the experience. How long is your trackers? I know you've had a few pass away in the past yeah. few years, but how long have your employees worked with you guys? Our top two trackers now, uh, my tracker and sales tracker has been with us for about 12. The Joshua is Marcel's tracker. He's about 14 years with us now. I think Todd is my tracker. Uh, I think he's just, I think he made 10 years this year. It's going to be 10 years. Uh, we've lost trackers before. It's just due to age and they have been with us for 30 years, 40 years. Uh, I mean, two, three years ago, guys that started hunting with my grandfather um, passed away. So it's, it's they, when the, as soon as they start with us, they stick with us. And the nice thing is you get to see them grow up, you get to see them evolve. And sometimes when you're really lucky, you get to see their children come along. I'm like Joshua brings his kid now and then and comes and joins us on the hunt. But that's something they want to do. They love it. They love being in the bush. They love tracking the animals. They love helping us out and just enjoying it. So it's nice to see them bringing the kids along, teaching them young, keeping them on the on the, on the greater path. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Future trackers. Yep. Future trackers in the make. It's it's phenomenal. It's just like I said, it's something you can't you can't explain to someone to see them boys at work. It's just incredible. Nice. So we're getting close here to Salt Lake. Gonna have to start setting up here shortly. So I want to wrap this podcast up. But what? Um, how do people get a hold of you if they're looking? Besides coming to see us at the show, what? Um, how do people get a hold of you? So you can go check us out on Facebook. You can check out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. We've got all the details there. Um, you'll see me and Marcel. All of our contact details are on there as well. So check us out, Runland Safaris, we're on all those places, we'll be in the U.S. for another month, month and a half. Send us a mail, send us a message, call us if we need to, see if we can beat you guys up. Perfect, sounds great. Well guys, enjoy this episode, and uh, talk to you soon. Laters.